Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by His Word. God bless. This morning I want to say there is an attack that, and we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we are wrestling against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and of this age. But I want you to know this morning we have the victory. Hallelujah. Jesus said to us, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. He is with the Father, and he desires for us to do the works that he did. He desires for us to do the great things that he did, and even greater, he says, that we would do them, that we would do them. Whatever you ask in my name, in Jesus' name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son for His glory, for His glory. That there's healing that is coming right now in Jesus' name, for your glory, Jesus, for your name's sake, that your name would be glorified. Hallelujah. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it that we would use the powerful name of Jesus that is above all names. We would recognize the authority that we have in Jesus' name, that you have in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was talking to a, a young man. He's in his mid-30s. I say that's young. How many would agree that's young? Those of you that are 20 thinking that 35 is old, you're mistaken. 35 is young. This man has spent much of his life in the hospital. Years of his life in the hospital. Almost a third, if not a quarter, of his life in the hospital. The Lord has given him a bit of a gift. Not to say that he doesn't have bouts of oppression or depression or at times anxiety. But he stands, the Lord gives to him and he stands on the word of God. The word of God and this morning the word that is spoken to you whether you are a believer or not. Whether you're a believer without faith or having little faith, listen this morning. Stand on the word. And so he talks about in this poem, it's entitled, When He Gave Me His Sword. When He Gave Me His Sword. Now he spells it lowercase s, uppercase w, o r d. So let me spell it again, sword, lowercase s, uppercase w-o-r-d, w-o-r-d, the word, a two-edged sword, the sword. Now listen, listen to what the word, the sword, is to you. It's part of the armor of God. The word of God is you apply the word of God in your life. So it's entitled, When He Gave Me His Sword, by Jared Sadler. Here I am, Lord. How the prisoners cried. I'd barely made it. 
how I nearly died. From the top of the stairs, the King of Kings came descending. He looked down on me, but not condescending. He paced back and forth, his eyes steely and bold. The thought that he'd speak made my blood run so cold. I am so weak. They'll have me for dinner. I'm not a soldier. No, I'm just a sinner. He picked me up with no effort, his style. Looked me deep in the eyes, through his beard he just smiled. From out of the guild he, pull, he pulled the finest blade. This is my sword, spelled S-W, capital W-O-R-D. This is my sword, the one my blood made. On the hilt and on the sheath and the sheath, I took a quick look. The weapon in my hand simply said, the book. Pull out that weapon, what I say it shall be. Now go, my disciple, set every prisoner free. They saw me coming. Were they scared? No, they trembled. I'd not seen heaven's soldiers behind me assembled. I unsheathed his, wep his weapon. Holy, holy, I heard it sing. The enemy cried, well, I'm done. He has the sword of the king. Every lock, chain, and bar turned to ash by his word. I freed every prisoner that day. He gave me his sword. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We have battles that we face. Today I want to just, I want to talk about the fight. And I'll tell you, yeah, there are so many different things that we, we come up against. And we'd recognize that the Word of God, it is the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Man, do we need to use that word at this time. We need to use that word. And we need to come together today. We need to come together this week. We need to come together and be together until the day of the Lord. And I want you to know that in the power of His name and who He is, in the power of His word, by the power that is through His Spirit and by His Spirit, that there would be works and accomplishments done through you, through us, together. As we go as a mighty army, as we go in victory, regardless of what may come against you, regardless of what be, would, be, would be against you, wherever it may be, whatever it may be, the Lord is saying, I'm with you. And I want you to be strong in my power and my might. Be strong in the Lord and, the, and in his power and his might. We would not walk in our own strength and our own wisdom, but we would walk in the power of God. This week, I want to make a, an announcement. This week, those that are part of prayer force, that you will pray like never before. If you're not part of prayer force, that you would pray like never before. This week, we have something that's been going on, the preparation to this week, 
and this day, one day, this Saturday, an outreach for the lost. An entire day of outreach for the lost at Safari Niagara. There's going to be testimonies given throughout the day. There's going to be worship the entire day interspersed with these testimonies of the power of God to change lives. You would pray. You would be there. I know if you can't be there, you, you pray. This outreach, this work, this battle is for the souls of those that don't know the Lord. That they would come to know Jesus Christ. This Wednesday, this Wednesday, our, we are shifting our service to Thursday. So just, there is no service on Wednesday. It is specifically on Thursday for the sake of celebrating what the Lord will do already on the Saturday. There will be time of prayer and there will be time of worship. And there's going to be a time of celebration of the fact of, that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. And we're going to already thank him that he is the Lord of the harvest. And he, there will be a mighty harvest that will come in. That Jesus Christ would receive all the glory, honor, and praise. That in everything, he would receive the glory, honor, and praise. Amen? Hallelujah. So let me ask you, if you want to be here on Wednesday, that's fine. But I want you to be here on Thursday. If you're not normally here throughout the week or during the week, that you would come on Thursday night at 7 p.m. We're going ha to end with uh, also a, just a, a brief time of fellowship. And uh, there's many that are coming that are not coming or not in this church. But I would, I would desire that every single one of you, I invite you to come. This Thursday, 7 p.m., come as we do battle and as we thank the Lord, even in the battle and through the battle, before the battle, we thank the Lord. He is sovereign. Hallelujah. Today, I just want to entitle this message, this series of kings and priests. If you haven't caught the rest of it, check it out, Lighthouse Niagara. Catch the services that you missed, whether it was on a Sunday or on a Wednesday. A number of them were on Wednesdays. So it's entitled Kings and Priests. Today, the fight. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Second Chronicles chapter 31. We're going to be sticking mainly in this, in this passage. We, we'll jump a little bit to a few other passages, but this will be the main text 2 Chronicles chapter 31, and then uh, jumping right into 32. So uh, at the end of 2 Chronicles 31, verse 20, this is what it says. And listen up. Thus Hezekiah did throughout all Judea, or Judah, and he did what was good and right and true before the Lord his God. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God, in the law and in the commandment to seek his God, he did it with all his heart, and so he prospered. If you want to prosper in your life, serve the Lord with all your heart. If you want to prosper in your life, serve the Lord with all your heart. Now, 
I want you to know, oftentimes as you serve the Lord with all your heart, in fact, if you serve the Lord with all your heart, you will know that there is battle, that the enemy will come against you. And it'll come from all different directions. If you don't have any battle in your life, as you serve the Lord, I would say, hey, just thank the Lord at that point because it's only a matter of time before all hell will break loose. After these deeds of faithfulness, this is verse 1 of 2 Chronicles 32. After these deeds of faithfulness, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and entered Judah. That would be like the United States coming into Canada. Assyria was the superpower of the day. And there was quite a difference in military might. After the deeds of faithfulness, all hell broke loose. And Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and entered Judah. And he encamped against the fortified cities, thinking to win them over to himself. And when Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib had come and that his purpose was to make war against Jerusalem, he consulted with his leaders and commanders to stop the water from the springs, which were outside the city, and they helped him. Thus many people gathered together who stopped all the springs and the brook that ran through the land, saying, Why should the kings of Assyria come and find much water? So there was a, a building, a covering up of, of springs. There was a tunneling. Think of this. We're talking, we're talking an amazing uh, feat of engineering where the springs, they tunneled underneath and to the, into the city, tunnels, and I believe they're still there today, where so the water flowed from the river or the springs down into the city. So they would have water even as this power would come against them. It says, and he strengthened, Hezekiah strengthened himself, built up all the wall that was broken, raised it up to the towers, and built another wall outside, and also he repaired the, the Milo and the city of David, and made weapons and shields in abundance. Then he set military captains over the people, gathered them together to him in the open square of the city gate, and gave them encouragement, saying, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor dismayed before the king of Assyria, nor before all the multitude that is with him, for there are more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. I want you to know that who is with us is more than with them. Doesn't matter what is coming against you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who is with us is more than who is with them. Doesn't matter what the number is. The God that we serve, the God that would be a part of your life, let him be Lord in your life because he who is with us and within us is greater than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to know that even in the battle, we may have issue. 
And I want to point out three things in this chapter where he, uh, Hezekiah struggled. And we can learn from this. Lord, let this not happen to me in the battle. The things that Hezekiah did were amazing. The things that he did for the Lord and he did unto the Lord were a blessing and a benefit to the nation, to the kingdom, the southern kingdom, the kingdom of Judah. It was a blessing. And the Lord blessed, blessed them and they prospered. But I'll tell you, even when you are prospering, even when things are going good, all hell will break, against, break out against you. Now listen, if you don't have the Lord in your life, you're living life on your own, I'll tell you right now, you are finished. You are not able to overcome Satan and his hordes. You can't even see him. And half the time, you don't even know that you're being influenced by him. The, the, the road that leads to destruction is a highway. There are many on it. It's a highway to destruction. It's a highway to hell. It's a highway to eternity apart from God. We would walk on a narrow path. There is a door. It's not a big door. But it is able to take as many that would come to get through it. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the door. If you want to walk a different way, if you want to walk a way of blessing, if you want to walk a way of overcoming, you walk that narrow path. Hallelujah. Is a life, as Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And all hell broke loose. Now, here's three things, and I'll tell you. We'd like to say, well, okay, I'm aware of this, so I won't do this. Yet when it comes, that you would look to Jesus. When it comes to you, that you would look to Jesus. The people were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. Verse 9. After this, Sennacherib, king of Syria, sent his servants to Jerusalem, but he and all the forces with him laid siege against Lachish, or Lachish which was south of Jerusalem. So they had already come from the north years before, a few years before, they had basically taken the northern kingdom into captivity. There were not many people left. There was just a remnant of people left from the ten tribes of Israel that were made up the northern kingdom. All gone because of the fact that their faith and their trust was not in the Lord. And so now he is at Lachish, and there is this siege that is against this fortified city just south of Jerusalem. So not far away. And so there is this word that comes to Hezekiah, king of Judah, and to all Judah who were in Jerusalem, saying, so the people had moved into the fortified city of Jerusalem. Thus says Sennacherib, king of Assyria. And what do you trust? What do you trust? 
that you remain under siege in Jerusalem? You think the walls of Jerusalem will, will keep you? Does not Hezekiah persuade you to give yourselves over to die by famine and by thirst, saying, the Lord our God will deliver us from the hand of the king of Assyria? Has not the same Hezekiah taken away his high places and his altars and commanded Judah and Jerusalem, saying, you shall worship before one altar and burn incense on it? And I'll just say right here, Hezekiah had taken not his high places and his altars down because there were not those were not there that were belonging to him but they belonged to the god of the prince of this world and of this of the air and the thing that hezekiah had done he had taken them all down every high place every altar that was to other gods he had torn down in all the land not just in around Judah, but in all the land where the northern kingdom was already gone. He went in there and he tore everything down. Everything was cleaned out. Do you not know that what I and my fathers have done to all the peoples of other lands? Were the gods of the nations of those lands in any way able to, to, to deliver their lands out of my hand? Who was there among all the gods of those nations that my fathers utterly destroyed that could deliver his people from my hand, that your God should be able to deliver you from my hand? Can your God deliver from my hand? All the other gods overcome before this superpower. Now, therefore, do not let Hezekiah deceive you or persuade you like this. And do not believe him, for no god of any nation or kingdom was able to deliver his people from my hand or the hand of my fathers. How much less will your God deliver you from my hand? Now, Hezekiah made a mistake. It's not mentioned here in 2 Chronicles 32. But in 2 Kings 18... Verse 14, this is what he did. And I want you, it was because of fear. It was because of fear. And so he's saying, well, maybe I can buy my way out of this situation. Then Hezekiah, king of Judah, sent to the king of Syria at Lachish, saying, I have done wrong. Turn away from me. Whatever you impose on me, I will pay and the king of Assyria assessed Hezekiah, king of Judah, 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. So Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasures of the king's house. At that time, Hezekiah stripped the gold from the doors of the temple of the Lord and from the pillars which Hezekiah, king of Judah, had overlaid and gave it to the king of Assyria. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. When there is fear come over you, in the face of what is going on, and you are afraid, I want you to look to the Lord and trust in the Lord. And Hezekiah messed up. This is one time, one of three times that he messed up in all that he did. I want to talk today. I'm, I'm talking about the things he messed up in that we need to recognize will come against us. I'll tell you right now, when, when there is a fear, whatever that fear is, a fear of man, 
a fear of the situation, a fear of that comes over you, a spirit of fear that comes over you, and you're just saying, I don't know what I'm going to do, and I don't know how I'm going to get out of the situation, and you turn from the Lord and you turn to something else. Well, maybe I can get out of it on my own. Maybe I, there, I can get rid of this battle. I'll tell you right now. Let, let me tell you when you try to make a deal with the devil. If he takes a certain amount, so everything was stripped, all the gold was stripped out of the temple. We'll see. It's never enough. Satan, when he takes just a little bit, the intent to steal from you ultimately is to kill you and to destroy you. He will not stop because he hates you. And he'll do it, if possible, using fear and intimidation. And may, it may be through man. It may be through your situation that you're going through, and you are overcome with fear. I'll tell you right now, when you are over, when I am overcome with fear, I need to look to the Lord. Going back to Second Chronicles 32, verse 16. Furthermore, his servant spoke against the Lord God and against his servant Hezekiah. He also wrote letters to revile the Lord God of Israel and to speak against him, saying, As the gods of the nations of other lands have not delivered their people from my hand, so the God of Hezekiah will not deliver his people from my hand. Then they called out with a loud voice to, to in Hebrew to the people of Jerusalem who were on the wall to frighten them and trouble them that they might take the city. So even after all the money or the gold and the silver was sent off, it just continued on. Do not be intimidated by the enemy. Do not be intimidated by the situation. If there is a fear that comes over you, Lord, I am going to look to you. Verse 18, and they called out with a loud voice in Hebrew to the people of Jerusalem who were on the wall to frighten them and trouble them that they may take the city. And they spoke against the God of Jerusalem as against the gods of the people of the earth, the work of men's hands. Saying they were comparing our God with, the, with idols, the work of men's hands. The God that we serve is a mighty God. Verse 20 is what Hezekiah should have done before. This is what we need to do in the face of fear. Now because of this, King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, prayed and cried out to heaven. They prayed and they cried out to heaven. I want you to know, at this time, I know oftentimes in the face of fear or we're trying to figure it out, we'll, we'll try this thing, we'll try that thing, maybe this solution over here with man, that solution with man. Sometimes we're just like Hezekiah, the last thing that we do is pray that it would be the first thing. I want you to know that even though we walk in this flesh, in this body, we do not war against the flesh. We do not war according to the flesh. 
For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not of man, but are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. The weapons that we use, the weapons of our warfare are not man-made, but they're mighty through God. And we can come against the enemy, and we can pull down the strongholds of the enemy. We can cast down arguments that would come against us and that would want to come into our mind and our thinking. And we can cast down those arguments, whether it's from somebody else or it's already reached into our, our mind and thinking, and it's already becoming an argument to us against the Lord. In Jesus' name, let every argument, let every conclusion that he is not of God be cast down in Jesus' name. I'll tell you right now, when there is a word that would say, a, a voice that would say, you don't need to look to the word. You don't need to act on the word. Don't trust in the Lord. I'll tell you, that is demonic. That you would grab a hold of the, the, the word of God. And here it says that we can cast down, we can pull down strongholds. We can cast down arguments and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Everything that would come before you that would want to take God from you in Jesus' name, we cast it down. Everything that would be against you regarding the things of God, for you to grab a hold of God that comes against you. And a lot of times it's all up here. In the mind. And the battle is in the mind. And some of the thoughts that are being planted in your mind, whether it's by humans or whether it is demonically inspired, it is by the enemy himself. Grab a hold of these thoughts in Jesus' name. I'm going to cast down the things that have become an argument against the Lord that are going on in my mind in Jesus' name. Taking captive thoughts that are not in obedience to Christ. Some of you are hanging on to thoughts and you were a, a follower of Jesus Christ and you may have gone astray and you're following conclusions that are not of the Lord and you're following thoughts that are not in obedience to Christ. You can take them captive in Jesus' name. For goodness sake, recognize what is not of the Lord that's coming into your head. Some of it is of the world. Some of it is of your own human carnal mind that is contrary to God. And some of it is demonically inspired. It is not wisdom that is from above. It is a wisdom that is in this direction or from this, this direction. Recognize the power that you have as you begin to pray. As you stand on the word, the sword of the spirit. In Matthew 28, verse 18, recognize... That when Jesus went to the cross and he died and he was buried and he rose again, all power and authority was given to him legally. He had all power and authority. But legally, the things that were against us was taken care of on the cross. The things that says, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not have any other gods before, you, before me. All the, the, the commandments that we broke that were of God and we're guilty, we're guilty, we're guilty. 
All the handwriting against us legally was taken care of at the cross by Jesus Christ. And so he can say, all power, all authority is mine. I want to give you, I want you to have that power. I want you to have the authority that is mine. And I want you to go out and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. All power is his, and he says, I'm going to be with you. Do the work that I've called you to do. Lord, let your will be done in my life. In 2 Kings 19, verse 15, it talks about what Hezekiah prayed before the Lord. 2 Kings 19, 15, it says, O Lord God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim, to you, God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth, you, are made, you have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. And hear the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to reproach the living God. It's not even to come against me. Lord, he's reproaching you. He's coming against the living God. Truly, Lord, the king of Assyria have laid waste the nations and their, of, uh, and their lands. This is what they've done. Lord, you see this. And have cast their gods into the fire, for they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they destroyed them. Now therefore, O Lord our God, I pray, save us from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord God, you alone. Hallelujah. I want you to know the God that we serve is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There is nothing that can overcome the Lord God. Hallelujah. It says in verse 20, it says, Then Isaiah the son of Amos sent Hezekiah, saying, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Because you have prayed to me against Zennacherib, king of Israel, Assyria, I have heard. Then the Lord sent an angel, one angel, who cut down every mighty man of valor, leader, and captain in the camp of the king of Assyria. Let me, let me expand that a little bit. This is, there's actually three books that are giving word to this situation. We can read in, in 2 Kings, we can read in 2 Chronicles, and we can also read in the book of Isaiah. This is what Isaiah or the 2 Kings 19.35 says. And it came to pass on a certain night that the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000 men. One angel in one night. The enemy coming against one angel was able to overcome all of, all of them. And when the people arose early in the morning, there were the corpses all dead. The God that we serve where just his angels, what one angel can do, what God can do, is so far beyond anything of angels. Listen, when there's stuff happening in your life and there's a fear and you're saying, I don't know if we're going to be able to get through this, and I don't care what it is. Maybe it's situations of relationship. And there's a breaking of relationship. 
You're thinking, how am I going to, and there's a fear, am I going to lose everything of relationship? And as we begin to pray, the Lord is able to do a work. Hallelujah. So the king returned shamefaced to his own land. And when he had gone into the temple of his God, some of his own offspring struck him down with a sword there. His own offspring killed him. Thus the Lord saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the hand of Sennacherib, the king of the superpower of the day, and from the hand of all others, and guided them on every side. And many brought gifts to the Lord at Jerusalem and presents to Hezekiah, king of Judah, so that he was exalted in the sight of all nations thereafter. Hallelujah. Now, this chapter carries on, and I want to talk about the, the, the last two things that we need to watch for in the battle. In those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death, and he prayed to the Lord, and he spoke to him and gave, and he, the Lord, spoke to, to Hezekiah and gave him a sign. But Hezekiah did not repay according to the favor shown him, for his heart was lifted up. Therefore, wrath was looming over him and over Judah and Jerusalem. Then Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart, he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the wrath of the Lord did not come upon them in the days of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was 39 years of age. I spoke on this on, on Wednesday night. Hezekiah was 39 years of age, and he was a young man, even with their standards. He was dying. In fact, the prophet had said, you need to get things right. Hezekiah, you're going to die. And there was a turning. There was a turning to the Lord, and he humbled himself. It was, there's this aspect of pride that would creep in. Listen, some of the battle, in the battle, some of the battle is so insidious. Fear seems to be, okay, I'm afraid. I recognize that. I'm recognizing fear. I'm overcome by fear. I'm going to turn to the Lord. But this thing of pride, to not acknowledge the Lord, to not acknowledge the Lord in your life, to not acknowledge the Lord of the good things, to not even acknowledge the Lord maybe when we're in the battle, to say, Lord, but you're, I, I want to acknowledge you that you are with me in the battle. I'm going to acknowledge you. He didn't acknowledge the Lord even when the Lord said, I'm going to spare you. And, and that answer came very quickly. So even as Isaiah said, King Hezekiah, you're going to die. This thing is going to kill you. You're going to die. Prepare to die. And as after he leaves the king, it says he was in the middle court. And the Lord said to Hezekiah or to Isaiah, go back. Because in the meantime, it says that Hezekiah turned to the wall. He turned to the wall. He didn't look at all the different things that he had. He turned to the wall, and he starts to cry out to God, God, I am sorry for, for this, that you would spare me. I want to be able to do still the things in the land of the living. I want, I've got things to do in the land of the living. I want to see your power while I am still here on this earth. And I want to accomplish the things that you would have for me. And even as Isaiah was in the middle court, he turned, God says, go back. 
tell him, I'm going to give him, in three days, he's going to be going into the, to the house of the Lord. And here he was, he's in, on his deathbed. So I'm going to give him a sign that he's going to be going. And they say, what is the sign? What was the sign? It was an amazing sign. Hezekiah was saying, well, hey, how do I know I'm going to live? He says, let there be a sign. Here's the sign. Either the, the shadow will go forward 10 degrees or go backwards 10 degrees. You know what we're talking here? We are talking about moving the sun itself. We're talking about a movement of the sun itself. And Hezekiah said, well, hey, the shadow always moves forward. So rather than having it move forward, let the shadow move backwards. That's exactly what happened. On the sundial that was there of his father had made this sundial, the sign came and the shadow moved backwards 10 degrees. It was even to the point that this was noticed not just there, it was noticed in other countries. And we'll read of that shortly. It was noticed in other countries. How is this even possible? And there is a word that got out that this is what God had done and the word spread. This is the sign that God showed and for Isaiah to live and he's going to live another 15 years. Let me read again. In those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death, and he prayed to the Lord, and he spoke to him and gave him a sign. But Hezekiah did not repay according to the favor shown him, for his heart was lifted up. Therefore, wrath was looming over him and over Judah and Jerusalem. Pride. You know what? Let us acknowledge the Lord in our lives. For goodness sake, every good gift that you have, every perfect gift that you have is from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadow of turning. He is the source of light and of life and every good gift that every man has on this planet. Doesn't matter, believer or unbeliever, everything of wisdom, everything that is of wisdom that is good, I can't believe some of the things that they can do. Some of you have had laser treatment. You have had your eyes change from not being able to see as well. You don't even have to wear glasses because of this laser treatment. This is, you say, how is this possible? A good gift. People have heart surgery. This past week, an individual had heart surgery. We were praying for... Samantha's uncle, Calvin, triple bypass surgery and, and two valves replaced. Why? Everything that is good, that is beneficial for us, for, for us, my goodness, thank God for technology. Thank God for, my, we don't have to feed the horses, clean out the stall. We just jump into our car, turn on the ignition, and we go from one place to the next in comfort. Thank you, Jesus, for the good things that we have at this point. 
That we would acknowledge the Lord, that we would not be proud and just ignore the things that the Lord has done. That we would begin to praise Him and thank Him for His goodness in our lives. The sing of pride lifts us up. And it, as John the Baptist said, that He would increase, that I would decrease. And here, Hezekiah is raising himself up. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. 1 Peter 5, verse 5. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. This is New Testament. God has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That he would be exalted in our lives. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Thank you, Lord. I can give my, my worries, my concerns over to you. I can cast my cares, the things that are, are weighing on me, I give them over to you. So often we just hang on to them. We're overcome. We're overwhelmed. Lord, I'm leaving this in your hands. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm coming to you. I'm acknowledging you. You can take care of it. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Thank you, Jesus. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7, And lest I should be exalted or made proud above measure by the abundance of the revelations. We're talking the revelations that God had given him. And that he would say, wow, I've got a spiritual pride here of all the revelations and all the accomplishments I've done for the Lord. And he says, lest I should be exalted or be puffed up with pride, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. We don't know what it was, but there was a buffeting, a thorn in his flesh. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And Paul says, therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. There's things that I recognize in my life. My, I have infirmities. I have weaknesses. I acknowledge that we would acknowledge our weaknesses. Lord, I acknowledge my weaknesses. This morning, I was stressed, man. Having to lead in worship. To preach, finish the message. It's like, Lord, all week long I'm, I'm adding to the message and, or there's things the Lord is bringing me and I'm scrambling this morning. My, my wife knew my, my, my weakness and my frustration. I can't do this. I can't be doing this. It was a half an hour late for worship practice. I confess my weaknesses. Anything that has been done through us, that he would receive all the glory. Jesus, that you would receive the glory in my life, in our lives. Lord, that you would receive the glory, not man, not me. Listen, I'll tell you right now, don't you, and I say this on a regular basis. Sometimes people look at me because they it's, oh, wow, Pastor Dave, because they really don't know me. They got to know me a little bit more. I say, okay, well, yeah, Pastor Dave, 
Man, he's got, he does have some issues. Man, you keep your eyes on the Lord. That I would always be pointing you, keep your eyes on the Lord. Hang on to him. He is faithful. That it acknowledge him. Let not pride come in to say, hey, this is what I've accomplished. This is what I have done. We give him the glory. Lord, thank you for your goodness in my life. And when all hell is breaking loose, I thank you, Lord. You will not leave me. You will not forsake me. You are there, and I acknowledge it. Hallelujah. Listen. Verse 27, Hezekiah, or 2 Chronicles 32, verse 27. Actually, let me finish 2 Corinthians 12. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. This is the Lord speaking to Paul. And Paul had prayed three times, Lord, can you take this thorn from the flesh? And he said, my grace is sufficient for you, Paul, and for each one of us, Dave. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul says, therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities, in my health situations. I'm going to boast, I'd rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Lord, let me not depend on my own strength and my own wisdom and my own conclusions. But Lord, let me depend on you that you would receive all the glory in my life. That the power of Christ may rest upon me in my weaknesses. His strength is made perfect in my weakness. Lord, I will acknowledge my weaknesses. And so he says, Paul says, and he writes to us, and that we would be the same way. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. Even if I'm going through these things for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. This world says, tell me all of your strengths. They might ask you in an interview, do you have any weaknesses? You be careful what you're going to say. Because you're going to tell you, you know what? Uh, I don't know. Where God says, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Why? Because I'm depending on God. I'm going to depend on God. Let not pride raise, raise you up. Listen, listen to what, what it says about Hezekiah's wealth and honor. Hezekiah had very great riches and honor, and he made himself treasuries for silver, for gold, for precious stones, for spices, for shields, and for all kinds of desirable, desirable items. Storehouses for the harvest of grain, wine, and oil, and stalls for all kinds of livestock and folds for the flocks. Moreover, he provided... Uh, the cities, he provided cities for himself and possessions of flocks and herds in abundance for God had given him very much property. This same Hezekiah also stopped the water outlet of Upper Gion and brought the water by tunnel to the west side of the city of David. Hezekiah prospered in all his works. However, ooh, verse 31, however, regarding the ambassadors of the princes of Babylon, whom they sent to him to inquire about the wonder that was done in the land, God withdrew from him in order to test them that he might know all that was in his heart. And listen to what Isaiah says about this in chapter 39. Isaiah 39. At that time, Merodach, Baladin, the son of Baladin, king of Babylon, now, or Babylon, this is an up-and-coming 
superpower, which would be the next superpower after Assyria. So this, this king already is, is, is well known. We're talking coming all that distance. Babylon would be in what is now Iraq. Sent letters and a present to Hezekiah, for he heard that he had been sick and had recovered. And Hezekiah was pleased with him when they came. Listen, look how many times there's the thing of self. And he showed them the house of his treasures, the silver and gold, the spices and precious ointment, and all his armor, all that was found among his treasures. There was nothing in his house or in all his dominion that Hezekiah did not show them. Wow. There is no acknowledgement of God in this. And Isaiah the prophet went to King Hezekiah and said to him, what did these men say? And from where, where did they come to you? So Hezekiah said, they came to me from a far country from Babylon. And he said, what have they seen in your house? Now, this is a special relationship that the prophet would have with the king here. He doesn't even say, hey, King Hezekiah. He's just being very almost rude. So Hezekiah asked, they have seen all that is in my house. There is nothing among treasures that I have not shown them. He was compromising. And Hezekiah. Isaiah said to Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord of hosts. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and what your fathers have accumulated until this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord, and they shall take away some of your sons who will descend from you, whom you will beget, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon, which would happen about 120 years later or so, or 100 years, not even within 100 years they were already, the nobility was taken away. So Hezekiah said to Isaiah, and he's recognized, this, this is, he's recognizing, oh, I messed up. I compromised with the world. I didn't acknowledge the Lord. The word of the Lord which you have spoken is good, for he said, at least there will be peace and truth in my days. You know what? Let's not compromise with the world, with with the things that are not of God, do not compromise. I want you to pray for me. There is such pressure on me to compromise the word of God by well-meaning believers. To compromise the word of God, to compromise a moving forward, pray for me. Pray for me because that I would not compromise this thing of, of fear, the fear of man, and their contrary. Listen, there are some of you, and I'm I'm likewise, but there's a there's a part of me that says, no, 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 no. But some of you are so afraid to confront or to, to, to do any sort of battle that you would rather say, rather than going through the battle, I'm going to compromise. I'm going to compromise. You know what? When I have, I have peer pressure, well-meaning peer pressure, contrary to the word of God, that I'll give into it. For goodness sake, 
Lord, let me not compromise your word. And the Lord, he brings us, oftentimes there's a fork in the road. Which way do we go? I'm talking about especially ministry. So do I go the way of the Lord? Which there might be people that are upset and they might even leave. I'll tell you, <laughs> some of this pressure is coming from outside. Don't, it's not coming from in the church, but I'll tell you right now, there's times where it's been coming from within the church over the years. Where I have people come and say, Pastor, how can you do this? Or why are you going this way? That I would heed the word of the Lord. That I would not be wishy-washy and tossed this way and that way by winds of doctrine. But I would stand on the truth of the word of God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Pray. Pray. Because it's not over yet. There is direction regarding ministry that is coming up. Ministry that our church is heavily and strongly involved in. I'm regarding, and let me be speci more specific, it's regarding Revive Niagara. You know what? There's certain things in the Word that we should just not include. Let's not just, we just don't talk about it. I'll tell you right now, compromise. Compromise will impact the next generation, as it did for Hezekiah. He says, well, at least it's, it's going to be okay in my generation. Like, I know, I recognize I messed up here. I compromised with the, with the world. And in these last days, that we will not compromise. You pray that the Lord would give me backbone and if the Lord would give leadership the Lord would give the leadership this is the way we need to go this is what we need to do this is what, where we need to stand and make a stand regarding the word of the Lord so pray The Lord wants to do some powerful works. Now, the rest of the acts of Hezekiah and his goodness. Indeed, they are written in the vision of Isaiah, the prophet, the son of Amos, and in the books of the kings of Judah and Israel, as they are written in Chronicles as well. There are many chapters overlapping regarding Hezekiah. So Hezekiah rested with his father's. And they buried him in the upper tombs of the sons of David. And all Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem honored him at his death. Hallelujah. Then Manasseh, his son, reigned his, in his place. The most wicked king that ever lived, Manasseh. Fifty-five years. Wickedness. Everything that his father did, he did the opposite. So Ahaz, Hezekiah's father, was wicked. Manasseh was wicked to the point where he was taken. He was taken away. And I thank God that even the worst of people can have a second chance as long as they humble themselves before the Lord. Manasseh turned 
in, at the end of his life. And even as he was taken into captivity, he was let released to go back. Praise the Lord. I want you to know, as we humble ourselves before the Lord, even in the worst, when we do the worst, as we humble ourselves before the Lord, he will lift us up. He will forgive. And he will do a work. I thank God for a second, not just a second chance, or sometimes a third and a fourth. And how many times has the Lord been gracious and merciful? Can we stand together? Hallelujah. Lord, I just pray this morning as we've heard your word. Lord, in the fight that we would watch the things of fear, that we'd watch the things of pride, that we would watch the things of compromise in the in the the living of our lives before you. And Lord, when these fights come, that we would recognize that we can turn to you and we must turn to you. That fear would not overwhelm us. Lord, that pride would not be who we are, that we would humble ourselves, we would remain humble before you. And Lord, that there would be no compromise with this world and the ways of this world and the things of this world, that we would not compromise. Lord, that we would follow you in Jesus' name. We just thank you and we praise you. You are an amazing God. You have won the victory for us. Lord, you are above all. And Lord, we have victory in and through you as well. I thank you for your grace and mercy. If we have messed up, that as we say, Lord, forgive me, Lord, as we repent, Lord, you are able, you are there to lift up the hands that hang down. And our walk that may be feeble and sluggish because of where we are at, Lord, you are able to strengthen and make straight that path. We thank you, Lord, for your grace to us. Even when we have failed you, you are gracious and merciful, Lord, that we would come to you. We would acknowledge, Lord, our failings. And we'd also acknowledge your grace to us. I acknowledge you, Lord God. Your grace, Lord, not just to this, this group here today and to us, but Lord, I thank you and I acknowledge your grace and mercy to me. In my weaknesses, in my failings, in my faults, Lord, you are gracious and merciful, Lord, that I would receive strength from you. Lord, I would receive wisdom from you. Lord, I, that you, that I would follow you in all the days of my life, that I would give you glory and praise in who I am. Lord, that we would give you glory and praise in who we are, in Jesus' name. Lord, if there is anybody here today that doesn't know you or maybe has walked away and needs to come back, Lord, your hands are extended to them. Lord, that they would humble themselves before you and say, I've sinned, I've, I've gone my own way. But Jesus, you took care of all my sins on the cross. You died for me. And all the things that should be a consequence to me, should be a wage to me, Lord, you took care of it on the cross, and I just thank you. And so, Lord, I just pray, there, even as they would acknowledge your death, your burial and resurrection for them and receive you into their lives, Lord, that you will change their course of direction Lord, that they would not be on that road that leads to destruction that many and most are on, but Lord, that they would walk that narrow path with you because it is good and it leads to 
in eternity with you. Lord, let it be in Jesus' name. Lord, that we would bring your name glory, that your name would be exalted in us and through us. Lord, whether we are giving our life to you today or whether we are having served you for many years and decades, Lord, that you would receive all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.